0: The Personal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin It's an exclusive off-air event So if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League Off The Ball Daily
1: Yeah, you're welcome along. Johnny Ward standing in, sitting in rather for John Duggan. And um, I don't know where to start. There's so much going on this weekend. I'm delighted that Aidan Delaney is beside me in studio and Cameron uh, Hill is going to be in shortly. We'll go through the news and uh, we'll talk about what is to come on a... Really, really busy day of sport and really busy weekend of sport. We're toggling between the Crystal Palace game and the Mark Allen snooker match here as to what to have on in studio. We have League of Ireland to talk about. We've Obviously, uh, the big story of the day is uh, taking place, obviously, at Lansdowne Road. And uh, there will be live commentary later on from the Champions Cup semi-final uh, between Leinster and Toulouse with Conor Morris and Andy Dunn. But on the show today, um, after I chat to Aidan and Cameron, Dan McDonnell is going to be in on the Premier League um, so, we're going to talk Premier League and football funding in Ireland. Dan did a big story uh, in the Irish Independent this week. Um, I think that is the big talking point. We'll also chat the League of Ireland last night um, and a fairly barren round of games for Irish players uh, in uh, the Premier League as well. Uh, at two o'clock, Andy Dunn and Rory O'Connor will be on ISDN live from the Aviva Stadium to chat the big game. We will then have commentary uh, from Leicester and Toulouse, Conor Morris and Andy Dunn. Um, half time, Aidan will be back with the news round. And in the second half, we'll return to commentary. And in fairness, in terms of days on the uh, on the job aid and it's not a bad one
2: no absolutely not, not. there's one. plenty of stuff on and like you say it's been starting right throughout I mean Mark Allen and Mark Selby uh, going at it they're into the 20th frame there it's Selby who has the slight advantage by 10 frames to 9 and it looked like it might have been getting away from Mark particularly in that kind of second session but he's started to come back a little bit into this it is the first to 17 so it is still advantage Selby and Mark has Mark Allen that is has looked a little bit nervy at times he's playing some safety shots that just aren't working out and I suppose when you're playing a four time world champion that's going to happen like you know Selby is going to himself out of these holes but um, Mark looking to become the first person from this island in 20 years to reach the final and he's in a pretty good position at the minute but I suppose all the fireworks has been in the other semi-final. Yeah it's been a fascinating
1: game he's obviously 6-3 up later on Jonathan Higgins fresh from watching Galway United making 11 wins from 11 last night in Terryland he's going to join James e. O'Connor for post-match uh, reaction to the length, to the Munster Senior Hurling Championship clash between Clare and Limerick from 7 o'clock massive massive game that and uh Remember, as you are binging on sports this weekend, to pick out your best performance of the weekend, whether it's player, manager, or even the referee, tune into OTB's Instagram page on Sunday evening this week and leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post. If your selection matches our top pick live on Monday's OTB AM, then you're in with a chance of winning a Gillette Labs exfoliating razor, shaving gel, and a refill blades pack, all of which I could do with at the moment. That's the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day. We'll also come to the end of Punchdown. Met John Duggan there on Wednesday. Wednesday, um, with his nephew a lot of fun was had um, no, Punchdown's a lot of fun um, but I get to the stage now where it's now Saturday morning and I'm still feeling the effects of a day at the Punchdown race on Wednesday I'm getting old lads enjoy your 20s uh, 25's
0: not that old
3: John.
1: 25 God yeah your <laughs> 20s just just relish them and don't
2: make all the mistakes that I did you know yeah, yeah. yeah. old man Johnny spouting his wisdom here the old Sunday man Sunday John afternoon. I have a
0: feeling there's a Confessions podcast Coming from Johnny know. <laughs>
1: yeah well in, in In light of what I've said uh, Cameron You did say to me You're mad to meet The French after The game today The last time I saw The French fans In big numbers Was for the Ireland France game They were great crack And today kind of Feels like a lighter Version of that Not only on
0: the pitch But on the, in the stands As well I suppose A little bit The build up To this weekend's game Has been a little bit Subdued I would have felt Um Why I don't know I don't think it's because Leinster are taking this as a given I really think Toulouse are going to give them a proper game today like it'll be really really tight Um, you're obviously missing Johnny Sexton Josh van der Fleer uh, Robbie Henshaw now James Lowe as well I mean that's it's going to be tight and Dupont's doing Dupont things and Tamak has returned to form in a big way this season I think he had a few quiet seasons but now he's really Flaming hot again. Uh, Thomas Ramos has been brilliant for them and their forwards are quite good as well. I'm really looking forward to this game and I think the travelling French support are too.
1: What is the fly in the ointment for Lencer apart from that long list you mentioned, starting with Sexton of players who just can't play today?
0: I think if it gets too unstructured, that's the way Toulouse really like to play. Dupont thrives under chaos and uh, loves. He's the picture of composure and can do basically anything on the pitch. So, um, if Leinster keep it structured and they stick to the game plan and it's not too loose, that's the way they want that game to go to you know, get over the line. But Toulouse will want to bring the chaos today.
2: Just interesting that Leo Cullen, we'll hear from him in a, in a minute there as well, but he was talking yesterday about how actually Toulouse actually kick a lot more than you might think and they actually are a bit more pragmatic than the sort of French flair that we expect. Mm. But as you say, when they have players like Ramos, uh, Dupont once they get that inch of space and just have this, you know, just this little inventive streak in them that they'll they'll just try anything. So I think if Leinster can just keep them, you know kind of within touch for the first half especially uh, the home crowd should get behind them and it's interesting the game I don't think is sold out What did you make of James Ryan's comments he's, he has a little prod at the organizers. Yeah just a little bit of a dig I suppose and I mean I guess he's right it's very expensive to go to any sporting event right now and uh, particularly when it comes to rugby I mean we've heard a lot of people say that you know they've been priced out really of the um, the Six Nations tickets and unfortunately that seems to be happening now with the Champions Cup as well and these are the, the premier competitions this is where you want people to be sold out and uh, it's you know the kind of introduction of the South African teams has been quite interesting to the URC this year. This year. But even watching the the Leinsters and Munsters go down there and just watching these half-empty stadiums where children are just playing in pools by the side of the ground, it's just been a very weird experience. This is a sport which should be at its kind of highest popularity. It's you know it's zenith in popularity, but it just isn't really working out that way in the stadiums.
1: So. I, I correct me if I'm wrong on this, but during the week, the FAI sort of sent out, um, you know, tickets are available for the double header now, which is Gibraltar and the mm. Netherlands. And I think you could get two tickets, as in tickets for the double header for 70 quid. The cheapest ticket now, and it is a bit late in the day, but the cheapest ticket for today is 75 quid before charges. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It is.
0: It is a lot of money. Um, and I don't know, you know, I'm not sure how much um, stake, like Leinster. Or the Viva Stadium have And deciding Mm. those prices I'm sure the organisers Have the lion's share Of how to set those But it just seems Like even last year I went to the Champions Cup final um, On a whim The weekend of We decided Will we go down to Marseille Because tickets down From Lyon to Marseille Were a tenner Which is like You know Train ticket prices in France Particularly (laughs) the TGV You take what you can get TGV TGV Pardon um,
1: There's a French man In you over there yeah, look it, look French it. coming over To 1798 Helping the Mayo people As There's well or? Or? Yeah, General
0: right. Um But <laughs> Like the tickets Even at that late stage Were 80 quid For the final and they're 75 quid for this that So you're a really French
1: person in town, right? And you're like, uh, let's go to the game today. Let's uh, so there are four of us in town, right? You pay 300 quid for the privilege plus fees. Right? And yeah. the fees, which really do grind my gears, I have to say, the fee the fees are another I'll find that now, but it's expensive and I I thought it was quite pointed um we actually can't reserve your chosen seats, they might be gone. But the fees are, are, are ample on top of that. I just thought it was interesting that James Ryan came up with it, but should it be sold out today for a game of this stature? Or is it a sign as well that the competition itself isn't quite what it was?
2: It's kind of hard to say because I think the, the general consensus is that the pool stages are really just a shot to nothing, really. Yeah. I mean, Leinster mm-hmm. will stroll through the likes of Toulouse, um, you know, La Rochelle, they're going to absolutely stroll through a lot of these teams. But when you get down to the, to the nitty gritty to it and you know we've had some brilliant games I mean obviously the the Toulouse Munster game last year is kind of one that stands out and there's been a couple of good games in the the knockout stages this year as well but um, yeah I mean Maybe it has lost its sheen a little bit. I mean, the Irish teams, you know, the likes of Stuart Barnes always having this gruff from Munster and Munster kind of coming back from the dead and, and all this kind of stuff in the kind of mid-2000s. That's that's kind of the, the memories that you're trying to hasten. and, you know, the Croke Park game in 2009 and that kind of stuff as well. But, uh, you yeah, know, it has th- lost that little bit of sheen, but you think, you know, these are two of the best sides in the world. You know, Leinster are basically the Irish team uh, Toulouse have an awful lot of French internationals this should be like you say a, a kind of a repeat of that Ireland-France game from the Six Nations which was absolutely fantastic um, but it's, it's just not capturing the imagination and maybe the prices are having something to do with that
1: Before we get to the news round a uh, brief chat about the League of Ireland um, you did say Cameron the Bose bubble has burst I never give them any chance to win the league I, I think it was amazing that they were holding on for so long but this is a damaging drop of two points in Belfield where there were a lot of Bose
0: fans. There were a lot of Bose fans and uh, there was a great tweet from the UCD Twitter account saying, I hope some away fans came in because it is sold out tonight. hope a few away fans managed to get a ticket. It looked like a great atmosphere at the UCD which Bowl. Which the Bose tweet accounts were pricing, uh, the, like, not enough. Yeah, <laughs> not enough. <laughs> but um, it was great and it was great, looked like a great atmosphere at the UCD Bowl, which is not a sentence I say all that regularly. Um... But it looked brilliant. But yeah, Bose, you kind of feel those are the games where you need to put away that team. They showed a little bit too much respect to UCD, I felt. and um, There was a little bit of patient knocking the ball around at the back. UCD looked a bit out, of the, out on their feet after mm. a blistering first half where they really tried to put it to Bose. And they got their goal, but then they kind of sat on the laurels a little bit. And I know, look, Daniel Affalabi, goals haven't been coming fast and frequent for him this year. Um, but it just felt... It, the same things that cropped up when I watched them in Talker Park against Shelburne were there, where they're just a little bit too patient. There's, an, there's not there's not enough of a killer yeah. in Bowes at the moment, I don't think.
1: Um, lots of praise for Sliger Rover's performance in uh, Taller, where they lost. Um, and I think the emergence of a two-horse race becoming apparent, Derry beating St. Pat's to Letty, could only get a shot in target. Just briefly, Aidan, there were 4,000 or so in Terryland for going out against Cove. Um, you're a Wexford man. <laughs> That was a poor result Losing 3-0 to Atlone And James Kelly's first job They should be doing better With the players they have
2: yeah absolutely there was kind of this feeling that this was really the first opportunity where you know in years gone by there was always this talk of oh yeah we'll definitely give the playoffs a shout but it was never really going to be a realistic option given the players that they had but uh, James coming down and like you said the players coming in there was actually this feeling of maybe we're not just saying this maybe there is actually a chance for you know even to get into a, a top half finish which would have been absolutely fantastic from the position that Wexford have been in but like you say I mean losing to Athlone away isn't necessarily a terrible result but it was just that the match in which they kind of give up the ghost a little bit, and that's that's kind of been disappointing. Wexford in the last couple of years have always gone to these kind of bigger sides, and particularly away and performed really well but maybe getting beaten by a last minute goal or you know kind of just collapsing in the last 10 minutes but even that's not happening now they're kind of losing the will kind of halfway through the first mm-hmm. half which is definitely not what you want to see and uh, I mean it was a, a great hat-trick from Perro. nothing can't take anything away from him and um, I think Athlone might have something to say when it comes to the playoffs later on in the year but um, yeah I mean it's it's just not been kind of the level that we've kind of expected and um, but Hopefully, you know, a couple more games down in Ferry-Carrick Park. There's been a, a real resurgence in support there, and I really do think that that has to be uh, commended for, uh, you know, I mean, going to Wexford. I'm, I'm sure you knew as a, an opposition fan, I mean, it wasn't really the most terrifying place to go, but there is actually there a home support there, and uh, I think the club has made real strides in kind of getting more local people involved and, and kind of tapping into the to the quite uh, good um, local football scene down there as well mm. so hopefully that will pay dividends it's it's not working out right now but um, they're working for the future there and, and hopefully in years to come uh, if the likes of James and some of those players stick around there will be uh, more playoff opportunities in the future
1: Yeah, François all got the uh, hat-trick um, his Wikipedia page is actually in French so we don't really have time for Boy uh, <laughs> Cameron to go through that okay, but I'll uh, hop over there in a sec the Haiti hero at Lone, and they're third in the table in what effectively is a one horse or, or it's, a, it's a race to finish out of the top two with Gullaby and almost certain at yeah,
2: finished first and second both winning last night what do we have in the news? Yeah, we will start of course with the big game the Viva Stadium setting the stage for this afternoon's blockbuster Heineken Champions Cup semi-final the four-time winners Leinster take on five-time champions to lose from 3 o'clock live here on Off The Ball the home side are without Grand Slam winners in Johnny Sexton James Lowe and Robbie Henshaw while the all-black Charlie Natai has come in for his first match at Inside Centre uh, since January uh, these sides met at this, this stage of last season's competition as well Leinster came out on top that day by 40 points to 17 but Blues head coach Leo Cullen is expecting a much closer encounter this time around.
4: It's on the day isn't it like it's yeah the last year yeah they played the 100 minutes maybe to travel and there definitely is a little bit of that I've heard some of their comments this week about that maybe they got things wrong and ran some of the selections leading into that game or that sequence of games um, you know for us we we've been away in Leicester the previous week and um, after starting the game well we were probably a bit dissatisfied the way we played in the second half in particular um, so everyone was keen to put in a big performance and you know, it's important that you there's just little subtleties in the dynamic but again it's, just, it's on the day isn't it so you, know, you need to be prepared to deal with whatever comes your way on any given day so uh, but in terms of specifically Toulouse, yeah, like if you're looking like a Jack Willis, he's definitely someone that is like, oh, what have they tried to do there in terms of why are they trying to sign that type of player? So it's definitely around the breakdown, I think. That's his his strength is his game, is, as a defensive jackler.
2: Predictions from the lads. Uh, I think Leinster will do it again. I don't think it's gonna be as, as dramatic as last year. You heard Leo Cunning pulling out some of the, the reasons why Toulouse probably weren't up to their usual standards, but I do think that um you know, bar that kind of weird game down in, in South Africa, in the URC, Leinster have been basically unbeaten. They've been absolutely fantastic. And even with the the injuries that they've suffered this year, they really haven't let any obstacles come in their way. And I think they're definitely a team that knows how to get through these kind of games. It's that final fever that they have where they can't really get themselves into, into that. But um, I definitely think that Leinster will have the victory, maybe by five points. Hammer?
0: I think Leinster by 3. I don't know why but 29-26 is the scoreline line coming out in my head.
2: Why revisit that, what else do we have? Uh, Yeah, so just England rugby union international Manu Tuolagi has signed a new contract for another season with Sale. The centre has won over 50 caps for his country, moved to the Sharks from Leicester in 2020. He says extending his stay was an easy decision and he couldn't ask for a better environment on and off the pitch. Meanwhile, Ireland will hope to avoid the wooden spoon in the final round of the TikTok Women's Six Nations later. Greg McWilliam's side will need a bonus point victory as they take on Scotland in Edinburgh from half past seven. They will need to produce one of their best performances in years to do that. But Captain Nicola Friday says they're ready to show that they are better than they've shown this season.
5: Yeah, look, we've come into this week. We know what's what's riding on this weekend, but we we haven't let it kind of overshadow this this match for us. We've made sure that we're we're prepping as best as we can and coming into this weekend and putting our best foot forward. So we know it's going to be a huge task for us. And um, Scotland are coming off the back of a really good win last weekend. So we're under no illusion how tough this test will be. But we're we're relishing the top of it.
0: It's been all about process this week, about adding layers uh, to what you've done throughout the campaign, making those incremental improvements and, as you say, not getting away from that process and chasing a result.
5: Yeah, you can see it week on week, we've we've shown that we've improved in certain areas and I think it's starting to kind of come together a bit more on the pitch for us definitely this week, so we're hoping we can show that tomorrow now.
0: it has been a lot of hard work this week in finishing off with a captain's run here in Edinburgh.
5: Yeah, it's been great, it's great to get out to the grounds, it's a lovely stadium, but um, we're really looking forward to just finishing this Six Nations off on a high for us, and it's that's our main talk going into tomorrow.
0: And finally, there's a record crowd expected here tomorrow night. It's a half-seven game under lights. It should be a good occasion.
5: Yeah, it's a it's a great way to finish out the Six Nations, and um, I think the Super Saturday is going to be an exciting day for for women's rugby. So we're looking forward to it.
2: Big day, yeah certainly is, yeah. I mean, a, a last place finish wouldn't do them any any good, but um, Scotland are a decent side and it's, it's going to be very tough to see them getting that point, especially that bonus point victory. But I suppose a victory of any sort would kind of just improve the move, mood a little bit and um, hopefully it's something they can build on for the future.
0: It's, uh, it's very hard to know what a good result is today, actually. Yeah. If they lose, it's an absolute crisis and caps off what has been a disastrous campaign. Mm probably sends alarm bells ringing across the board that yeah. we need to improve things whereas if they get the bonus point victory and somehow find four Paper tries papers over the cracks but it papers over the cracks but if they destroy Scotland you're thinking well where was this the last four games mm. like, well, what's suddenly happened and then I think the um, IRFU come under criticism again for something that Anna Capeless made a point of on AM a few weeks ago where why didn't we have a few warm up games to get them up to speed because they look like they hadn't touched the ball in years when they played Wales Um You know, it just feels like I think if they get over the line and just get it done, there's a sort of no news is good news type um, win scenario for Ireland today where they do it, we move on and, you know, we don't really talk about it again. But you'd like some sort of positive change to come out of what has been such a disappointing campaign for them.
2: Just to say as well that the Grand Slam decider is actually on at Twickenham at the minute and it's England who lead France by five points to nil. Uh, there's about 20 minutes gone in that game and the other game on today sees Italy take on Wales. That's in Parma from half past three.
1: Loads of goals in the Premier League already. We're only half an hour in. Um, One game. <laughs> yeah, Palace 3, uh, West Ham to it. West Ham just gotten another goal back. Um, Roy Hodgson's Return to Palace, I mean, there's a way of bringing a I don't know, club legend back and a way of not doing it. And I can think of two London clubs in contrasting situations mm. in that regard. But this has been a mad game already, Aiden.
2: Yeah, it, Palace were a kind of a, a weird proposition. I mean, be, being stuck in 12th place for what it seemed like three years was mm. kind of an odd situation. But you looked at that Palace side and you always thought, even though Vieira, I thought, did a pretty decent job. He just wasn't managing to get those fantastic creative players that they've had and even you look at the three goals today Elise has set up one Zaha has come back in from injury and scored one and uh, you know Eze has had a pretty decent game so far as well Jordan Ayew uh, you know back in the goal scoring form which you know never seems like a reliable prospect but uh, you know he might be enough to to keep them up this year but Yeah. um, yeah you look at you know West Ham they need to get a victory today Michel Antonio has pulled one back it's now just 3-2 so um, West Ham definitely not out of the scrap just yet and of course they still have European ambitions as well so it's it's kind of been a weird season for both these sides Of all managers I wouldn't
0: have picked Roy Hodgson as the guy who's going to revive your attacking threat Yeah, sure A
1: lot of it is just a change mm. as good as the rest In the sense of Hodgson it was a kind of a stopgap solution Um And it's not like... Vieira wasn't doing terribly. They just couldn't score. Mm. Um, And they were probably going to be safe. But anyway, what else? It's a busy weekend of Premier League action, obviously.
2: Yeah, Evan Ferguson could return for Brighton in their game with Wolves today as well. While we have Nottingham Forest going to Brentford. Uh, It's a big weekend in the chase for the European places as well. Uh, Of course, we have Liverpool and Spurs meeting tomorrow while Manchester United come up against Aston Villa. Villa are unbeaten in their last 10 matches and have been one of the informed teams since Unai Emery took over from Steven Gerrard. The former Arsenal boss was asked about their European ambitions and if the Champions League is in their future.
3: We are trying to, to analyze the, now the, the table. And uh, Manchester United, they have 16-6 six points more, more than us. And uh, they have two matches less, of course. We can win then on Sunday. We have this opportunity. But uh, still two matches to play for uh, Manchester United and uh, it's very difficult or only with five matches left to finish the season for us it's more difficult to to get then, and uh, if we can win five ma- five matches. I think it's not enough to get Champions League position doing it as well. And I think now our our rally possibility is to to try to play Europa League or or, or Conference. But we have to. We have to face uh, very difficult matches against Liverpool, against Brighton, against Tottenham, uh, Sunday against Manchester United. But it's not our target to get Manchester United because I think it's it's being impossible. Only we can add points for us, winning then, but thinking for us, not thinking the possibility to reduce with uh, Manchester United our our difference.
1: Yeah, it's what what odds do you have gotten for Aston Villa, Brighton, Brentford and Fulham to be ahead of Chelsea at this stage?
2: It's been absolutely crazy, all right, but I, I think Chelsea is more the story there than Aston Villa, mm-hmm. I, I guess. I, not to be harsh on Aston Villa, but I mean Chelsea have just been this basket, basket case all year and to think that Frank Lampard was going to be somebody to save them was just, it's, it's Todd having his, his fantasies once again. What was the, like? How do these people end up running
1: football clubs? So, I mean, <laughs> it, made, it literally made no sense whatsoever. What relevance did Frank Lampard's playing career have to bring them back to Chelsea?
0: Well, I mean, turns out James Corden is the puppet master behind all these <laughs> mad managerial appointments. Look, I don't know. I don't know what inspired them from last time that decided, hey, he's got Everton in the absolute muck. Let's bring him into Chelsea and see what, what he can why, do why
1: there. Why not get Damien Duff, for example? Bring in Damien Duff and Joey O'Brien who are doing... They, they have actually more credentials to manage Chelsea than this is because they've done actually well in their job and they haven't been like a, clearly a failure at Chelsea like already. And it's like, I'm obviously being facetious here, but what, what were you thinking?
0: yeah yeah you look at the and, and like it's weird that Lampard to take it back I mean obviously it's another bite at the managerial cherry for him but you know they're, they're a basket case of a club and saying oh this person knows the club inside out he'll be fine I mean you know you also need to have some sort of tactical now he can not set up a defence which we've learned mm. he's actually scored they've scored fewer goals than when Graham Potter was there turns out sacking Graham Potter might have been a mistake and sacking Thomas Tuchel must have been a big mistake I think they should have just left him in charge I really don't understand what's going on there they seem to be in a bit of a mess they're not entirely safe from relegation let's uh, let's point that out first they're like that points total doesn't inspire a huge amount of confidence that they'll be home and hosed within the next few games it just seems like a mess I'd love to know what Chelsea fans are making of it although looking at your Twitter you can see perfectly well what they're making of it
1: I've got to mention as well I'll try to update you throughout the day the championship race for the playoffs which is really one of the most compelling things in sport Swansea, Norwich, Preston West Brom Blackburn, Sunderland Coventry and Millwall um, all really in with some sort of chance of fifth and sixth and almost all of them have an Irish interest as
2: well just some other news today, of course, we're talking about owners there. It's understood the Qatari businessman, Sheik Jessim Ben Hamid, uh, has made a £5 billion bid to purchase Manchester United. The deadline for the final bids for the club was 10 o'clock last night, and the Ineos owner, Jim Ratcliffe, has also submitted a revised bid, but no more information on that one. Pretty grim. Just a bid, yeah.
1: What are you up to for the rest of the day, gentlemen? What's your, your, your plans to meet a few, bit of Gallic flair later on?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll see if I can meet up with the Toulouse when they're out. They have some absolutely brilliant chants, by the way. If you go on YouTube today to get yourself hyped up for the game, they have some cracking chants, as do all French clubs, to be honest. There's a real uh, late 70s um, football chant, kind of football song, blue is the colour type vibe to all their songs. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'll be hopefully reveling in a Leinster victory.
1: Before we go to the ads, Brayburn Coffee is the official coffee partner of O T B. Start your morning with a Brayburn coffee, whether you prefer a classic cappuccino or an iced oak milk latte, Brayburn has something for everyone available at Apple Apple Green stores locations nationwide.